Under the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. Hey guys, I'm Randy Younger, and this is a very special edition of Under the Radar, uh, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. And this is actually the very first episode uh, premiering on Slam Radio XM through Sirius XM. Very exciting. And we're going to just do some movie reviews uh, as usual. Uh, but the, this is not your standard under the radar. It's a little more condensed. And we're going to do two reviews. We're going to do uh, one new film and one old film. Uh, basically, both films take place in the water mostly. And the first film is The Little Mermaid, now out in theaters, uh, the remake of the classic animated Disney tale, also an adaptation of uh, Hans Christian Andersen's story. We're going to compare and contrast that with the 1984 Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah romantic comedy Splash. Uh, but first, I just want to welcome my lovely panel of guest critics tonight. We've got Rachel Cole. Welcome back, Rachel. Happy to be back here. And Eric Godfrey, welcome back, sir. Hey, good to be back as well. How's it going, guys? I, I know things are a little weird now in the world with the wildfires in Canada. Uh, I know that it was very orange today in Manhattan and kind of disturbing, like a gigantic uh, bonfire had gone off. And yeah, just are, are you guys safe right now? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah we're definitely sure. safe. Uh you can you can definitely smell and feel the effects of it. Mm -hmm. Um it's almost like you have like a coating on the inside of your mouth and right. it just kind of smells like a barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Very very unpleasant. Hopefully, you know, we'll get it under control at some point. Uh we really don't need this cuz we're just coming off the pandemic and it's like one thing after the other and yeah, we just we don't really need this at all. <laughs> Um, thankfully, though, we have some good movies to get us through the hard times. That has always been my mission. You guys know that. Uh, we need we need good art in this world to, to get us through the hard times. And our first review is uh, The Little Mermaid. And it is the classic tale of a young uh, princess uh, mermaid who is fascinated by the human world and she wants to basically be a part of it all and she falls in love with Eric and the whole movie is basically uh her uh coexisting with humans after she makes a deal with a sea witch to get legs but only in uh in exchange for her voice uh personally uh the little mermaid the, the original from 1989 it's one of the earliest movie experiences i have uh, I believe I had some of the Happy Meal toys and it, it's just a beautiful film. Uh, it, it ushered in the, the Disney Renaissance, which was fantastic throughout the 90s. Um, the remake, it, it's good. It, I, I enjoyed it. it. It was a little long. It was it was about two hours, 15 minutes. So I would have shaved mm -hmm. off a number of, of minutes over there. Um, I think uh, Hallie uh, Bailey was fantastic. I thought she was perfect in the role as Ariel. And the same goes for uh, Melissa McCarthy. I thought she was great as well as Ursula. But uh, what were your guys, your, what were your thoughts, guys? I'm very curious. Rachel. Well, to echo what you said, definitely Halle Bailey and uh, Melissa McCarthy are the standouts of the movie. 
Uh, they're both really fantastic. Uh, especially McCarthy just feels like she's having so much fun with the role. Um, and she definitely brings a menace that I didn't necessarily <laughs> know was in her wheelhouse as an actress. And it was really fun to get to see her play that. Um, I, I will say that my biggest quibble with the movie is that they cut back on a lot of the uh, the harmonies and a lot of the big uh, chorus moments that I had really enjoyed in some of the other Disney remakes, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in uh, the Disney Beauty and the Beast. Um, mm -hmm. We missed out on a lot of those uh, lovely harmonies on Under the Sea, on Kiss the Girl. Uh, Kiss the Girl at least had a few more vocals added in there, but I don't think that Aquafina is... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would have liked to hear a few more voices in there, is all I'm saying. I'll tell you, though, um, there was a new song introduced, Scuttlebutt, performed uh, <laughs> by Aquafina. I, I, I enjoyed it. It had like a, like a, a really cool rap moment. Uh, <laughs> that was a nice addition, I, I think. Um, I, I'm of two minds of it, because you're right, because the thing is, it's like, obviously, it's Lynn manuel Miranda doing his thing. You get David Diggs, you get Aquafina. And it is clever. It's got very, it's as you, it's. Lynn's usual, very clever with his rhymes. and But I think the problem is, it's just, it's like, where did this come from? Why did, <laughs> why is, why is Scuttle yeah. suddenly rapping to, <laughs> to everyone? It's like, it, it was almost like, at least if, if when Scuttle had been introduced, like, yeah. like I said, like, if there was like a dinglehopper rap or something, <laughs> then I'd be like, oh, okay, that's just Scuttlebutt's a rapping bird yeah. but then yeah. it's just it's like, here's a rap. All right, let's it, move on. It was a little random, a little yeah. out of place. Yeah. But I yeah. well, you, it. you actually had a very good comparison uh because oh. <laughs> yeah. so i compared it to um do you remember the original johnny depp um alice in wonderland movie yeah there was a uh, weird first one they did he, like dances the, and like the timber, yeah at the end of the like you have this weird like well all of a sudden like johnny depp's like yay i'm happy again it does like the most outrageous dance like everybody in the audience just goes what yeah. was that? Yeah. <laughs> it was just, and then everyone goes back to normal. Like that didn't just happen. Right. I don't know why they do that. They yeah. probably to make sure that we're still paying attention, maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I think by far the best new song that they did is the one that's given to Halle Bailey when um Ariel first uh is kind of joining the human world and it gives her a bit of an inner monologue during those moments. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. otherwise you get just Silent Halle Bailey stuck yeah. in the human world. Yeah, so. I think I think you're right. I think it was to make sure that Ariel still had a voice while she was discovering everything. Yeah, because I I kind of forget that in the in the original movie, Ariel just kind of goes to the castle and that's it. And then it's like you're in the castle, Ariel. Blah, blah, blah. And this one, they actually like yeah. let's let her go actually explore the world and like let her yeah. see the world well, outside of just Eric she, in the she castle. Gets, she does get to go to the lagoon for kiss the girl. Get the moment with in the cart that they, uh, they yeah. kind of mirror in the, but, in but the I feel like this one, they were like, let's actually have her see this world that she's obsessed with. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Which was a uh, film in Sardinia, Italy, yeah. Italy? Uh, which looked great. And I, I, I do love what they did with that, that story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also not going to lie. There's a because uh, you can tell they definitely wanted to flesh out Eric a lot more because in, mm. in this one, Eric, you know, Eric just being the hunky prince that he she falls for, and that's really his entire existence is <laughs> hunk that Ariel likes. And right. in this one, they tried to make him essentially the human mirror of Ariel, like he's obsessed with the sea world and all that such, yeah. and give him his own little Moana song about singing about the sea. Yeah. And um, but it cracks me up that his new origin is. 
that he washed up on this Costa Rican town, and they're like, "Ah, eh, we'll make you king." All right, come on. <laughs> I think it's isn't it Caribbean? A Caribbean, yeah, yeah Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean. Yes, so, yes. Ah, we'll make you king. Come on up. Here. You know what? I, I liked a lot of things about this movie, but um, so the actor who played Eric Jonah Howard King, mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen him before. I, I think he he is an actual singer. I'm not yeah. sure if he's on Broadway, but um. I just I was not impressed by his work. He he was very hunky, like you said, Eric. And uh, oh, they looked for every excuse for him to have a his, the wet <laughs> shirt come off, and washing up, and be like, Ariel, where did you go? <laughs> yeah, I just think I don't think his acting chops were there yet. You know, I I, I was not impressed with him, but um, Haley was fantastic. I think yes. he did a great job. I'm sure that the casting process was insane uh, and it, very extensive in finding Ariel. And um, I think Disney did a good job selecting her. She did a great job. Uh, Rachel made an excellent point. The like we went to a pretty sold out screening still at this point. Yeah, and it was a lot of families, like a lot yeah, of kids a running lot around. Of kids. And kind of one of the things that even that she noticed and I noticed that really shows you how much this is is that these kids were still being pretty much a terrible running around doing their things. Yeah, you know, but which when in mind, which yeah, it's, it's a kid, it's a kid's, it's a kid's yeah, move. But yeah, when family. when she started singing "Part of Your World." Hmm. And like you, like when she gets that last that high note, silence in the entire theater. Like all those kids yeah. were just like yeah. locked into her. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, right. hey, you know that that says a lot. The fact that when she started performing "Part of Your World," that mm-hmm. even the kids that were just like running around doing their things sat down and watched it because it wasn't probably easily the highlight of the movie. Yeah. Right. And to get kids to just sit down and, and just be quiet and pay attention. Yeah. And, 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 and I yeah. can say the same, I think, for Poor Unfortunate Souls. I think yeah. those were the two songs yeah. that translated the best between the original animated and the um and the live action. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of uh, the music, we've got Alan Menken returning. Uh, he did the score and songs for the first film. And here he comes back, uh, basically adapting his own material, working with Lin-Manuel. Uh, it was really great to hear the score. It, it was fantastic. Uh, in mm-hmm. some ways, it might be even better than the original. Uh, just, you know, expanding on the themes that he established over 30 years ago. Uh, Alan Menken, he's just a fantastic composer. He's he's done most of the, the Disney Renaissance films. And yeah. Rachel, I believe uh, he's also a Broadway veteran, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Alan Menken very famously uh, did uh, Little Shop of Horrors with mm-hmm. uh, Howard Ashman. Uh, and Little Mermaid was actually their breakout after doing uh, Little Shop of Horrors on yeah. Broadway. So um, nice. I will say that as I do enjoy Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm very much a fan of his. Um, mm-hmm. But every time I see any Disney movie try to do new new lyrics and new music for their movies i always just i miss howard ashman so much yeah you felt it in the aladdin remake you felt it in this like it's just he had a very special something that that, that cannot be replaced so yeah yeah he was definitely in a league of his own uh no pun intended league uh but um yeah I, i i compare him to maybe like mark shaman kind of that he's in that vein um, I wouldn't say maybe he mirrors a little bit John Williams. It's a little Jerry Goldsmith, but um he he is a fantastic composer. And yeah, the soundtrack to the original Little Mermaid stands the test of time. Under the Sea was really uh given a great treatment in this uh in the in the remake. Uh yeah, so- um, yeah. My only complaint was for some reason it's like 
I, I still don't know why they basically turned under the sea into a duet when it's like this yeah. is a celebration. The sea right. is singing with Sebastian. It's yeah. like so I was kind of I was kind of trying to figure out why yeah. it's basically just Sebastian with yeah. Ariel it's, singing and not it's the kind of like, um, singing with them. If, if you're comparing like the Howard Ashman Ellen Menken movies yeah. from the Renaissance, it's basically the be our guest of this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. the one that. Yeah gets everybody and like it's supposed to be the big it's, chorus yeah, big party. so yeah, yeah it was it was kind of strange and while it was visually fantastic you're right like the the, the visual was a party and bombastic mm. and colorful and awesome it's like but i want all the fishy singing and <laughs> when all the the cool things happening yeah it's also they also did the same thing in uh, you've got a friend in me um yeah. that's like the mankin staple in middle of the movie celebratory uh song just bring every character into the mix for that one uh big musical number and it's great i i love that stuff um yeah the music in in the remake here uh big fan Poor unfortunate souls was great i think melissa mccarthy was fantastic she was chewing up the scenery left and right yeah. Yeah. i wanted more of her i think they should do a spinoff of just her backstory i think that'd be great <laughs> well uh, i mean they've they've technically done that in some of the direct to dvd yeah. uh, oh, VHS <laughs> disney sequels um oh god perhaps we don't need as much of that but... okay maybe not <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. How, how many sequels have they done? I'm, 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 oh, I know that they've done at least a, three or four. Yeah, I yeah. know it's at least two. Okay. We had to watch. We, the, we had to watch the sequel. It was so bad. Yeah, and yeah. the sequel also introduces uh, Ursula's sister, yeah. who is also voiced by Pat Carroll, who originally did Ursula. Okay. In the in the original animated film, um, yeah. but yeah, uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> the the we don't we don't necessarily need all of the spinoffs of uh, ursula from having seen some of those sequels right right i also um speaking of um the actors uh i think javier bardem was fantastic he looked like a sea king again mm -hmm. i wanted more of him as well uh, i think the special the visual effects they seemed very very fake to me it, i, I it kind of took me out of the whole uh, movie experience like I I wasn't really invested in the visual effects work here uh, it was all, you know it was all I guess green or blue screen I could I, I could it... definitely see that I I oh. just wanted to touch on something with Javier Bardem real quick uh, before we moved on but um, I thought he was great in it um, something that it brought back that I was brought back to watching this version was how much King Triton terrified me as a character in the original Little Mermaid and really? how terrifying he is in this yeah. too when he goes in and destroys her all of her stuff it, it was a very yeah. traumatic moment yeah um it it's <laughs> if anything it kind of gives a well I'm not hitting you but I'm hitting the wall sort of like abusive mm -hmm. vibes to it which right. When I when I saw Little Mermaid as a kid, my parents were very concerned about us being me and my siblings being scared of Ursula. But honestly, King Triton was the character that scared me much more. Yeah, it was a little hostile to be to say the least. <laughs> yeah, destroying like her most uh, you know desired and treasured uh, possessions. You know, just like destroying that part of her basically she he basically destroyed a part of her soul in a way he and yeah totally broke her heart and yeah that was really it escalated quickly and was totally uncalled for but yeah, I, I really I, nice I statue of eric yeah, yeah really nice statue it was, really nice statue. <laughs> it was. <laughs> people worked hard on that king Triton. <laughs> that's awesome 
So I, I was going to say, oh, sorry. I do with the special effects. I do find it funny that we're now on the third, like Aquaman, uh, Wakanda Forever, and now Little Mermaid has given us our third Atlantean. Like, yeah. there's a part of me that wants to replace King Triton with Namor from <laughs> Wakanda Forever. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they did a, a live action remake of the uh, Michael J. Fox Atlantis uh, animated film. <laughs> I That's can see uh, that happening. Probably gonna happen. You never yeah. know. So um, like now our third fishy, our third people under the water CG movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so guys, what what compared to the original, like what what did you think? Like, do you think it it do you think it does the original film justice? Do you think it's kind of like an insult to the original? Um, for me, I think it did a pretty good job. Um at, and again, you know, a lot of these remakes, they they reintroduce the story to a younger generation. And I love it when they do that. It's a good, even though it is a cash grab, it does introduce kids to the original source material. Um, how do you guys feel about both films uh, compared to one another? I would say that for me, it feels almost like a Broadway revival. That's what it feels like to me. It gives other people a chance to kind of get into these characters and have fun with it. It kind of also took me back to um, listening to uh, the actor Titus Burgess talk about his experience where he said he was cast as Sebastian when honestly he would have rather been cast as Ursula, which <laughs> quite honestly, if, if, if Disney ever wanted to try to do another revival of their stage production of Little Mermaid, let's do it. Let's, let's get a, let's get Titus Burgess playing uh, Ursula. I'd be all for it. Do it. Didn't they do, um, didn't they do a, a live action uh, musical Little Mermaid a couple years back with I think it was Queen Latifah as Ursula? Oh yes, yes they did. Yeah, they did a one of their like live concert ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I wonder. I I haven't seen that one, but I'm curious to see how it compares to this. Yeah, wow. and I know that the Broadway adaptation that they did it wasn't as well received, but I think that they could easily make some tweaks to it, work on it, and bring it back in a really interesting fashion. Nice, nice. Eric, how did you feel about the the remake as um, well? I mean, we're so far deep now into this whole remake thing. I think it's it's you you're right. It's not the, it's not it's not um um Pinocchio. It's not like oh it's God. it's I'd say it's pretty much kind of around the mid of what I've seen of the live action. It's like it's not my favorite, but it's it's definitely not bad by any stretch of the imagination right, it's right in the it's very faithful in a good way right um there's there's a few gripes i have with it basically with the music but overall it's good it's fine it's far from my favorite of the live action so mm -hmm. i'm like almost like it's the mid it's like the balance point of the disney live action remakes where it's it's fine enough to 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 work but not bad enough in any way to like to make me not like the remake project fair enough i wonder if i don't think disney has a thing now like different phases for these uh, <laughs> remakes. Yeah, I'm, like I'm the assuming they have some some kind of business model for this. Uh, this you know. Oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah, timeline. absolutely. But um, so guys, uh, yeah, I just wanted to segue into another uh, mermaid film, which uh, is it's kind of similar. So it's, it's a romantic comedy with Tom Hanks uh, as a mild mannered uh, guy. He basically runs his. Uh, late father's uh, fruit and vegetable business, and he is uh, soon. He soon meets a mermaid played by Daryl Hannah, 
Uh, who he basically met when he was a young boy or thought he met. He thought he, he might have hallucinated uh, meeting this mermaid. Uh, and basically they're in modern day Manhattan, well, 1984 Manhattan. And she hides this secret from him and they basically fall in love. They get into this crazy uh, adventure in Manhattan. Uh, Eugene Levy is uh, a scientist who's hot on the mermaid's tail or fin. Uh, trying to expose her for his own uh, personal gain. Uh, John Candy plays Tom Hanks' brother. Brilliant casting there. And it's directed by Ron Howard, who is one of my favorite directors. This is one of his early films, 1984. I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, romantic comedies, one of my favorite Tom Hanks films. I believe it's also Tom Hanks' first starring role in a film. But um, I just want to hear from you guys. Uh, First, you, Eric, because you've you've seen this before. I know Rachel. Mm-hmm. T- today was your first time seeing it, so I want to say it was yes. Okay, uh, Eric, what what are your thoughts on Splash? <laughs> it, it was fun revisiting it because it has been a very long time since I've seen it, and it is kind of one of those things where you forget how simple and legitimately charming it is, and how it's also weirdly ET with a mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like there's, it's like this is following the ET formula. Yeah, or Free Willy was <laughs> or the Free other Willy, one. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead and of how conch. <laughs> yeah, it, and how funny it is about how um, I ended up deciding to um, read Roger Ebert's review because he did not like the movie. He gave right. it one, and, he gave it a one and a half out of four stars. And the most interesting thing he said was he felt John Candy should have been the lead and right. Tom Hanks should have been the brother. And I had a moment where I'm just like, man, that would have been, that would have been I wonder what that would have done to Tom Hanks' career, because you're right, this was like the the movie that started him uh, outside of Bosom Buddies into the trajectory of Hanks that we have today. Right, but right. That, that well, was... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it definitely catapulted Hanks into the stardom, because right mm-hmm. after this, he, he would go on to do uh, Bachelor Party and Volunteers mm-hmm. in the Money Pit. Yep. But um, enough about those. You know, I love Hanks and I, I love <laughs> his filmography. But uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It was, fun. Fun. it was fun revisiting it. Yeah, yeah. And also, I want to make a note of um, Babalu Mandel and, and Lau Gans, who wrote the screenplay. Very smart writers, very funny. They did City Slickers and uh, Parenthood, which was also directed by Ron Howard, actually. But um, yeah, I can go on again with them as well. But uh, Rachel, what were your thoughts? Uh, first time seeing it, it's, it's still fresh in your mind. What would you yes, think? Yes, it's still very fresh in my mind. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the very positive and then I'll move on to maybe maybe some things that I would have changed. So I think Daryl Hannah is absolutely delightful. She is just so much, like she's just got this very good, like warm, sweet uh, presence to her. Like she has kind of a similar feel as Ariel does in the original Little Mermaid when she arrives on land where she's doing things that are both comical, but it's just kind of like an, oh, honey, it's okay. <laughs> you you just kind of, you empathize with her and you root for her. Right. Um, <laughs> I also thought that John Candy was very funny in it. Uh, Eugene Levy, it was really fun to, get, to see young Eugene Levy in there. Um, he looks exactly the same, by the way. <laughs> What's up? He looks exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, That's true. Yes. 30, yes he does. Uh, 39 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think some of the choices that were a little strange to me on like after kind of sitting with the movie for a bit, I don't really know why he was a fruit and vegetable vendor. It doesn't ever play it play into the 
plot in any way and he has a girlfriend at the beginning but literally we never meet her and they break up like like literally over the phone so mm -hmm. it just it felt kind of like it was unnecessary I know, a bit a bit unnecessary. i agree but i i do like the one joke of when he goes to the wedding and everyone's like oh we're bringing you like, she, yes they're like oh, she's not coming all right <laughs> that, <laughs> she left that me i right. thought was quite funny yeah, she left me all right yes. my life's in shambles yeah. like, everything but the first me, three rows <laughs> it's like i i always love especially early Hanks Tom freakouts and that's yeah. like mm -hmm. showing the great Tom Hanks freakout. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's an early it's an early uh early freakout predecessor to uh, the famous uh, League of the Road. Who's blue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We haven't really we haven't had that that Tom Hanks freakout in uh, quite some time. I'm trying to think uh I think it's because he hasn't done as many comedies of late. Yeah. yeah that's, that's more comedy tom hanks yeah his last movie um a man called otto he was mm -hmm. a very, very quiet very depressed guy did yeah. not go crazy it's very a uh, very uh, subdued performance actually very different from splash i don't know uh <laughs> he was a lot younger in splash so maybe that's why he had more energy yeah. but um fantastic film um you know and and the the make the makeup effects were fantastic on daryl hannah mm -hmm. The, oh yeah the, the fin looked really good so um yeah i i kind of wish that the little mermaid had more had practical effects I, again the cgi really it, it was overdone it took me out of the film yeah i well so funny thing speaking of practical effects towards the end of the movie i i said oh this is free willy and then i went oh no this is shape of water yeah yeah the end of this movie is literally shape of water and <laughs> and funny. i'm like somewhere like when shape of water came out ron howard was sitting in the audience going what the hell <laughs> <Del Toro? laughs> Del Toro, you're still my ending yeah <laughs> oh are there any other um mermaid movies that you guys enjoy i'm trying to think of some other mermaid movies oh there was oh, a very strange mermaid movie that i saw a well, couple of years I was ago gonna say shape of water well yeah, <laughs> yeah more, shape of water um, is a bit more of a thing from <laughs> yeah 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 the, yeah. the yeah. creature rather than the mermaid like a, i don't think yeah that's more like a sea creature yeah but mm -hmm. great movie by the way <laughs> Um, even though, well, uh, I liked Luca a lot, and that was kind of Luca, that very yeah. same principle about you know, get them wet, they turn to the sea creatures, yeah. dry, and they can go on land. Oh, I was, okay. I really enjoyed Luca. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, some mer boys. In yeah, there. mer boys. And, yeah, mer <laughs> yeah, it was fun seeing some mermen show up at yeah. the end. By the way, that was yeah. <laughs> that was quite entertaining. That was cool. That was a good scene. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also, um, I Splash is um was the first, I believe. TriStar or Touchstone picture. Touchstone. Mm. Touchstone. Yeah, because it's it's the Disney adults, like more adult oriented movies. Right. Gotta show Daryl has butt. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the Little Mermaid, Splash, Luca, all mermaid movies, all owned by Disney. So yep. I don't know of any like, non-Disney mermaid movies. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's very they few. The fish market. Uh, <laughs> I will say that one thing was that was very strange also about watching it on Disney Plus was I know that there was some controversy about uh, involving hair covering Daryl Hannah's butt when it first came on Disney Plus that they had digitally edited it so that there was less exposed. Um, I I think of all the things in that movie that was probably the strangest one to 
to decide to censor considering there's there's throwaway lines about um john candy having his letter published in penthouse <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the, the and the running joke about him dropping change to look up women's skirts <laughs> yeah. and the fact that i'm fairly certain you fully see daryl hannah's nipple at one point so it's yeah. you know it like very very strange thing stuff. to be like well we gotta we gotta like lengthen her hair to cover her butt like the, it, it was only a yeah. pg rating very, very 1984 oh, yeah. yeah and that was the same year that they came up with the pg-13 rating what, was it not because i know it was for temple of doom i just couldn't right. remember what year yeah it was it was both um it was gremlins and temple of doom uh, okay. in 1984 so, so it was it would have been that year yeah also know. very progressive for a romantic comedy of that era to go with the we're gonna sleep together and then we're gonna fall in love like i yeah. thought that was like i was actually very surprised as to how quickly that relationship was consummated yeah. i mean it was love at first sight so there you go <laughs> you should have been a censor back in 1984 uh Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you absolutely not Rejected. Nope. nope. <laughs> nice. So guys, we uh we just have like a minute left, but um I just want to go around if you have any plugs, any anything you want to mention right now, any projects. Uh, I'm good, but I'll turn it over to Rachel. <laughs> yes. Uh you can find me on Instagram at second act bake shop. Um you can also find my sweet dog Dobby at Dobby the House Doggo on Instagram. Nice. There's the, is he asleep yet? <laughs> oh he's he not out. and you can also find my uh baking and uh gourmet donuts over at the lot of donut engineering in jersey city awesome and for new episodes of unger the radar just check out the unger the radar youtube channel subscribe and share spread the love rachel uh eric thank you for being uh my guests on this uh inaugural episode of unger the radar on slam radio xm through sirius xm uh, you guys are always welcome. You know that. Even Dobby, uh, he's he's awesome. <laughs> so, guys, uh, I, I'm Randy Unger. This has been Unger the Radar, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>